Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 8. Here's Pastor Ryan. Welcome, welcome. Good morning. How's everyone? Good? All right, blessed to be with you guys. Well, Fourth of July weekend, I must say I love America. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I love America. I've been blessed to travel around the world, and I, there's no country like ours. We get to come home to, to freedom and uh Fourth of July uh, reminds us all, hopefully, that there comes a time to fight, and thank God the old guys 200 years ago fought for independence, right? And so um, our country is a, is a blessed country, you know, those written documents are precious, and uh, we are all created equal under God, and uh, we all have inalienable rights that have been given to us by the Lord. And we know that our country is imperfect, but what country is? The beautiful thing of our country is that in its history, we did right a lot of wrongs, didn't we? We went to war against ourselves to end slavery. And um, you think about uh, World War II and going to uh, help the, the world get rid of Nazism. Um, that was precious as well. And so I love our country and uh, pray that you celebrate it. Mm -hmm, no worries. Celebrate it and have a good time, but... Uh, we have to fight, and uh, you know, being a Christian, uh, we are called to fight the good fight of faith, and to be salt, and to be light, and uh, there are so, there's so much battle term, terminology used in the Bible, because we are in a battle. We are in a battle for men's souls. We are. The gospel is that men would repent of their sins and give their life to Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's what we preach. When it comes to politics, it has to do with policies and legislation by the people for the people. So if you just let people that are coming from a non-biblical worldview present legislation and policies, they're not going to be godly like they need to be. And this is why as the church, we need to be involved in politics. We need to, to vote for the right legislation. We need to uh, share what we know about God and, and uh, with, with the world. And also, what, what does God think of the issues that are, that are out there? Um, we think about this beautiful, uh, you know, past week where Roe versus Wade was finally overturned. It's a miracle. This is, people have been praying for decades that this be reversed. And so many people have gone and been, they're with the Lord now. And they, they're long gone, but they were praying that this would be overturned. And it's been a blessing. Uh, you know, words can't express how grateful we are that it's been overturned. But people would ask, what are my thoughts on, on abortion? And I would just say, my thoughts are irrelevant. What does the Bible say? What does God say? God says that he knew you when he formed you in your mother's womb. 
God says that uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus, it, we're told that they brought to him infants, that he might touch and bless infants. I read that recently in my devotion. It wasn't just little kids. It was infants that they brought to Jesus, that he might bless them. And the disciples said, oh, he's too, you know, don't do so. And he said, no, you know, let the children come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. And, and he says, unless we receive the kingdom of God like little children we won't enter into the kingdom of God and so if you think about infants and being so vulnerable you ask an infant what do you believe mm. they just whatever mom and dad say so what do you think about abortion Pastor Ryan it's irrelevant my father in heaven though hates the shedding of innocent blood he hates the shedding of innocent blood my father in heaven loves children and he's the creator of life. So it doesn't matter what I say. What does my God say? Being a Christian is putting your own really thoughts and feelings and philosophies aside to under the word of God, surrendering to what God says. And so, you know, it's the same with gay marriage and I'm, I'm praying, Lord, you know, Justice Thomas, man, he's, he's, he wants to take more. Let's, I'm for it. Let's pray for that. In California, we voted against it. We voted against it. But the, up in Sacramento, the legislators flipped that. So we have to fight. Independence Day, the 4th of July, should remind us all that we should fight for what's right. It's okay to fight. Christianity isn't being passive and just letting evil run rampant. In order for evil to prevail, good people must do nothing. So, Independence Day. Uh, we are blessed. Hope you barbecue. Um, <laughs> the youth group, they're having their camp this month, and so keep them in prayer, and, and that's going to be a blessing. You know, we want to invest in our children and, and the youth, and, and, and really... Train them in the ways of the Lord smartly. And what I mean smartly, if that's even smart to say, <laughs> wisely, is to tell them what's going on in their world and how we should look upon these things through a biblical worldview. That, that's wise. Not just telling them to love their neighbor as themselves. We get that. But how do we apply what's going on all over them, all over their world? So pray for them this month. So... Calvary Chapel, Bangor, Maine, asked us back to speak at their summer camp. And if you've ever been to Maine or seen any pictures of Maine, the whole place is beautiful. But so it's their high school camp, Monday through Friday. So keep us in prayer. Pray for me and, uh, and my wife, and I'm sure we're going to have a blessed time with us well. And tonight's our prayer night. It's our believers' prayer night, so please come. And it is for believers. Okay, this is where we get together and we seek the Lord together for the month of July. Since it's a new month, that's why we do that. So come on out. What else is there to say? So last week I wasn't here. I was at Calvary Chapel Arcadia filling in for Pastor Andre, who's like my dearest friend. He's my best friend. I was in Arcadia. Anyone familiar with Arcadia? Yeah, kind of? No? Yeah, yeah. All right. So... So we were there, and I was there uh, for him while him and his family were visiting the Ark in Kentucky. So that's where I was at last week. And uh, El Mani, for those of you who know, 
There's an oldie called Memories of Elmani. So I'm there cruising around my elementary school. And uh, it's Sunday, you know, the streets are empty. I pull into the driveway, I'm looking, I'm reminiscing. Wow, Lord, you know, it's been a long life, you know. I pull out and, and I'm driving down the street and uh, there's a Bronco coming in the opposite direction and we're both at a stop sign. And we both have Broncos, right? So we're looking at each other. And the guy sticks his hand out the window. And he wants to ask me about my Bronco, the tires versus his Bronco and yada, yada, yada. So we pull up like this. And he goes, oh, you got bigger tires, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, are you Ryan? He, like, recognized me. <laughs> so, and he called, you know, he's just, it was crazy of a divine appointment, right? Crazy. And he knew all about me, he knew all about my past, he knew all about all of that. It's been an Almani weekend. Uh, recent, you know, recently we've been running into a lot of people from my old neighborhood. But I was able to share the Lord with them, and he's two years younger than me, two grades younger. And so he, we, he, just, he just knew me, you know. And I didn't remember him, but still it was a divine appointment to be able to share the Lord with them. So turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8. We'll be beginning in verse 6 this morning. So, Father, we thank you again this morning for just how wonderful you've been to us, Lord. You didn't have to be. Oh, Lord, we didn't deserve it. We don't deserve your love, your salvation. We don't deserve any of it. But, Lord, you so love the world that you gave your son Jesus so that we can have a relationship with you. Oh, Lord, you're wonderful. You're a loving Father. And we thank you this morning. As we study your word, Lord, we pray that you would pour out your grace, Lord, upon our time. Open the windows of heaven and give us understanding. Holy Spirit, lead us into your truths. Oh, Lord, remove pride from us. Remove distractions. And fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit overflowing. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Okay, so in this chapter, as you know, the Lord has been teaching us through the Apostle Paul the differences between walking in the flesh and walking according to the Spirit. Right? The differences to walk according to the flesh, according to the Spirit. Those who do not know God, non-believers, they walk according to the flesh. They set their minds on the things of the flesh, which are thoughts about whatever they want to think about other than God is really the lifestyle of walking in the flesh. They set their thoughts on the flesh, on their own desires, with absolutely no concern for God. That is the way of a non-believer. Non-believers live their life however they want to, right, with no concern for God. And it doesn't mean that they have to be egregious in their, in their sins or in their lifestyles. They don't have to be like terrible monster sinners. It's just the fact that they live their lives for themselves without any care or concern about what God wants for their life. 
And that's how we used to live, right? We all lived that way before we came to Christ. We lived however we felt was right. Whatever our personal philosophy, that was how we lived, right? And Jesus would say the non-believers, they live for what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear, it's about themselves. And again, it doesn't, you don't have to be an egregious sinner, monster. You can be a good citizen, a good neighbor, pay your taxes, very friendly and kind and, and, and helpful in the community and just really a good person, good family person. But yet, God isn't in your concerns. That's living in the flesh, right? So it doesn't have to be that they're living crazy lives. It's just God's not in their thoughts he, he's, he's of no concern it is really the self-life is the life live, living according to the flesh it's a self-life but those who walk according to the spirit are they who have placed their faith in jesus christ those of us who have heard the word of god and have believed that jesus is the son of god who came to take away our sins to die on the cross for our sins if we put our faith in him and that God raised him from the dead on the third day and that he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, then we are saved and his Holy Spirit is given to us as believers. And so we live in the Spirit. We're no longer just concerned about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear. Now, supernaturally, we are so concerned about what God thinks every day. It's supernatural. It's what he instills in us, his Holy Spirit, his DNA, God living in us, where things are different now. I used to just wake up and live my own life. Whatever I felt was right that day, I do. Now it's like different. God is present in my heart, in my life, in my, in my thoughts, right? But those who walk according to the Spirit, they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit leads us, guides us like a shepherd, how to be holy, how to be righteous, how to be uh, uh, pure, and empowers us to do so. God, the Holy Spirit, just shepherds us. Those that walk in the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. That means that our thoughts are, that our thoughts are, there's a word I'm looking for, there's, that our thoughts are, are consumed with what does God think of the way I am living at this moment? To walk in the Spirit is to set our thoughts on the things of the Spirit. How does God want me to, to behave? What is right according to His Word? Are my thoughts right or are they wrong? The inner man, the inner woman is, are we living right before God in our thought life? Setting our mind on the things of the Spirit. Just are we living right according to God's Word? And so Paul is giving the distinction between these two ways of living. Those in the world they, who don't know Jesus, they walk according to the flesh. Those who are born again, they walk according to the Spirit. Verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's more distinctions there. To be carnally minded is death. And the word minded or, or mind here in the Greek is phronema. And phronema means aspirations or mindset, right? So 
those who are carnally aspiring to live for themselves, it leads to death. Those who set their minds on the self-life, living however they want to live, no matter where they are, on the scale of sin, it can be very little, outward appearance of sin, or very egregious, it doesn't matter. Their aspirations are not to honor God. Their mindset is not to put God first. And so, it leads to death. Because the most egregious thing the crea the crea his creation can do is to ignore God. It is the most egregious thing. We as the creatures who have been created by God, our maker, to ignore that he exists. Think about that sin. You think about murder and violence and sexual immorality, you know, just like, what really is the worst sin? It's to ignore him. Like I said, you can be Miss Goody Two-Shoes, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, not have a big rap sheet, very good citizen, but God is just not who you care about. And it leads to hell. It leads to death. To be carnally minded leads to death. It produces death at its end. That is why they say that the road to hell is a gradual road. It's not like jumping off the cliff, crazy, egregious, wicked and wickedness and evil. It can be something like gardening. Gardening becomes a person's idol who cares not about God or painting or you know, playing. What else? I don't want to insult hobbies, but goody two shoe kind of. You can be the you know, sweet knitting, but without care for God. Satan will use knitting. He will use the book club. He will use croquet club, golf, basketball, surfing, whatever the hobby. Those things are good as long as God is first, you see. So the most egregious thing is to ignore the one who made you. You get your air from him, you get your water from him, you get your health from him, you get your family from him, you get your friends from him, you get your job from him, and you're going to pretend that he doesn't exist? That's egregious. That's carnally minded. To be carnally uh, minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And the word life there, in context to this text, it's speaking of resurrection life. So to be spiritually minded is resurrection life and peace. And minded is the same. It's... Uh, uh, phronema in Greek which means aspiration so if your aspirations is to live daily as to how to honor God then your mind's on the spirit the resurrection life is in you and it looks alive it doesn't look dead because it's resurrection power that means that there's passion there's zealousness there's enthusiasm for the things of God there's joy there's oh, the fruits of the spirit Mm, power and um, and peace and peace that we all need peace let the Holy Spirit and uh, be your aspiration 
And the reason why uh, to be carnally minded is death is explained in verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity means to be hostile. So that thought life of not, not caring, not giving a, a thought to God in one's ways, that is hostile to our Creator. Because we've been created to know Him and to love Him and to worship Him and to praise Him. And the creature is, is ignoring Him. And that is a hostile um, thought way of life it's enmity against god so it leads to death because it's hostile it leads to death because um it is not subject to the law of god think about that and it the carnal mind isn't subject to the law of god that speaks of present tense so presently those who don't know christ every day every minute and second of every day they are not submitting to the word of God. They're not. So that's why it leads to death. What leads to life? Follow Jesus. Jesus is a word made flesh. If we love him, we keep his commandments. Keeping his commandments, following Jesus, that is where life is. And so to be carnally minded leads to death because it's hostile. And because minute by minute, there's no subjecting or submitting to the word of God. And then he goes on to say, nor indeed can be. And so here, Paul is saying it is impossible for those who don't know God to please God at all. Because you please him by acknowledging him. You please him by submitting yourself to his word. And so the unsaved, they lead lives that are totally void of spiritual life and ability. And that is what Paul is saying. Those are the distinctions. To walk in the flesh, to walk in the spirit. We who are believers in Christ should be being led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God is in us. Those who don't know the Lord, it's all about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear. It isn't about doing God's will. They can care less. Does that make sense? Very doctrinal book, right? Romans. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9. But you, now God turns attention, his attention to us, right? So he's, Paul was giving the, you know, the distinctions between um, the flesh and the spirit. Then he turns to us, the church. Can you just hear God's voice to you and to me? But you, Ryan, you, Sweet Hills, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit, it is life because of righteousness. We are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, God declares. Because the reality is when we give our life to Jesus, he, he gives us his Holy Spirit. 
So the third person of the Trinity comes inside us and lives in us and empowers us. The Holy Spirit is the power source. In fact, Jesus said, me and the Father will make our home in you if you believe in me. So God is living in us, strengthening us. And he declares you are in the Spirit, not in the flesh, as if you couldn't buy the Spirit. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We are-